nya 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 pa mba babwe zimbabwe <clears throat> the broken bunsen burner burns so bright south jamie southeast asian peninsula hey, hey jamie yes i think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could say big Cool. I just got to finish my warm-ups. <clears throat> foul, foul, throw in the towel. History, history. Switch history, to Progressive history. today. Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. Hey guys, welcome back and we are actually back from a fantastic and a very typical Norwegian experience. We were staying in the mountains in a cabin and we actually went skiing as well. Yes, it was so much fun. Martha and Marcus, our friends in Norway, thank you so much for this really memorable experience actually. And guys, it was my first time skiing. And all I can say is that I actually have a long way to go before I can actually say that I went skiing. But still, <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't as bad. I think Marcus has been teaching me fairly well, and uh, we're going to return the favor by making them Formula One fans. Hopefully, in the 2019 Formula One season. And guess what? This is the week when the 2019 Formula One season starts. The Haas Formula 1 team is going to launch their car on the 7th of February like you all already know and that's honestly just a few days from now and this then means that the winter break has officially ended. Finally, <laughs> Kunal, do you plan to tune into the live pre-season testing? Well, you know, I will dip in and dip out of coverage because uh, I know that I'm definitely not going to remain tuned in throughout the whole broadcast. though i hope to be proven wrong on this and you know i enjoy testing because it you know it it's fun to see what teams are doing or hiding and you know sandbagging etc but i also know that it can be boring i mean we have had days when there were just like a handful of laps that happened because teams were busy preparing etc etc so there can be hours of no action and this is where i really hope that formula 1 has a plan but what i'm wondering kunal is does formula 1 actually have a plan Well, you know, before we go down that road, let me quickly tell you guys what's in store for you in this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. The FIA will earn 18 million dollars in entry fees in 2019, but they are still being party poopers. And we tell you why. Should Liberty Media use Bernie Ecclestone's wisdom in saving Formula 1? Welcome back to Formula 1 Alfa Romeo. And finally Kunal shares the most random but very valid reason actually why Sebastian Vettel lost control of his car in Germany last year. Well, I'm glad you said valid because I don't know if you're going to say valid when I actually share the reason. But guys, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and on Audio Boom for your weekly dose of Formula 1 humor. And here's a big round of applause to Lucien Byfield for his melodious opening and closing tunes for our show. In fact, uh, you guys should remember to tune into Lucien's music on Bandcamp. By the way, I heard Lucien's tunes on Spotify too, Kunal. Anyway, coming back to my question, does Formula 1 have a plan? 
so Kerala, I hear that Liberty Media could be looking to offload a stake in the sport. And I think the going has been really tough for them in the last many, many months. Liberty Media seeking liberty from the world of Formula One. Oh my God, I knew you would have something very lame to add. Thank you for not disappointing me. <laughs> anyway, the most recent complaint has been from the Formula One Promoters Association, FOPA, as they call themselves. No, they call themselves the FOPA. So the FOPA. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and the complaint has been about lack of cooperation from Liberty Media. Yes, in fact, there is going to be more news on this front. And when I say that this front, I mean the four power, the circuits front. And that too for multiple reasons. The first being the Miami Grand Prix model that Liberty Media was attempting to put in place. And, you know, there was this whole profit sharing model, which definitely would have pissed off the current high paying circuit promoters. And then I think there are at least five uh, racing uh, race hosting uh, contracts up for renewal this year. And pretty much all of them rely on government support. And we know how that's been dwindling for the last many years or maybe a decade now. Yeah, the Mexican Grand Prix, for example, a change in government could actually see them drop the race off the calendar, which would be really, really sad. And of course, in all of this, Liberty Media is still making noises about hosting a race on the streets of London. And this is when the noise about the Miami Grand Prix has gone silent. So a lot of talk that Liberty Media needs to probably put in action. But, uh, you know, if I were to rate Liberty Media's performance as the new owners of Formula One, and they're no longer the new owners, you know, for all of us, I would believe that they have done a very good job on the marketing front, you know, social media and content and fan engagement and all of that has been pretty good. In fact, even their changes to broadcast has been noteworthy. I will say that, you know. And uh, But I, I would still list this as uh, stuff that money can buy. And hence, I would classify it as easier to build or change. And let's remember, it's actually, we are coming from the Bernie Ecclestone era where he did nothing. So just doing something in itself uh, is important. And Liberty Media have done a bloody good job. And on the racing front, I, I think that they're trying really hard to make racing more fun. And the rule changes for 2019, they have been more researched than any of the previous ones. They say that they're targeting a 20% increase in racing. So quite good. Yes. And, you know, the split verdict on the impact of the 2019 rules is already adding to the pre-season suspense. And on, I mean, if you ask me again, it is, it is our show, so I keep being asked. <laughs> I have to keep expressing my opinions. But Liberty Media definitely have the right intentions for the sport of Formula One. They keep talking of a cost cap. They've, they've spoken of equitable payments distribution, increasing the on-track action and the unpredictability and even the competitive quotient of the grid and, you know, basically making all the right noises. I hear about using simulation models to formulate, you know, the uh, grid changes, designing racetracks in the future, all of that. Basically, all the things that we know the sport needs to just uh, uh, make sure that it continues to be fun for all of us in the long term, no? But Kunal, that brings me to my question. What is stopping them? Well, I don't think they'd ever imagine that managing a series as big as Formula One would be this nightmarish. And still, this is something that Bernie Ecclestone did all by himself, you know, a one-man army that he was. 
And maybe that's where the trick lies. You know, Liberty Media needs to use Bernie Ecclestone better. Like right now, they made him like the titular head of the sport. But why not put his goodwill relationships, uh, you know, and even his understanding of the politics of the sport to better use? I mean, uh, I know and I'm sure that there is a lot of water under the Liberty Media Ecclestone Bridge and there is more to what meets the public eye. But this shouldn't be too much uh, stuff to sort out because after all, Bernie Ecclestone loves Formula One as well. I mean, he has built it to this level uh, as it is on today. And he would hate to see things go south. So for 2021, Formula One is set to introduce a new rule. And this is a rule where the existing teams are obliged to help new entrants find their way into the sport. You know, basically get competitive. So much for not allowing customer teams, but having rules that actually allow for this. Well, this is exactly where Formula One needs to listen to themselves. I mean, they are creating rules where current teams will help the new teams get competitive. And, you know, I just heard myself say it again, and I don't think it makes sense. It doesn't. Yeah, and this is where Formula One is, you know, notoriously famous for having rules where the political balance is always tilted for or against someone. And case in point being the current hybrid turbo era power units. You know, you see Ferrari and Mercedes are controlling the competitive quotient of the current Formula One grid. Okay, so something I found damn interesting. Four million fans attended the Formula One races in 2018. And uh, Kunal, each Grand Prix had an average attendance of a little over 200,000 fans. And this means that this is one of the highest ever attended sports events in the world. Woohoo! Amazing, right? Yes, and this is not where I'm going to brag about our listeners for <laughs> 2018. You guys already know the numbers. Thank you for your listens. Yes, thank you so much. And also some more good news. So Formula One is attempting to introduce a Finnish Grand Prix on the calendar. And not surprisingly, the circuit will be called the Kimi Ring, but that's K-Y-M-I, not K-I-M-I, though I'll just pretend otherwise, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations to Team Nordic for winning the Race of Champions Nations Cup. And that was pretty good, I must say. It was good to see Mick Schumacher do well as well, although he lost a couple of races for Germany, if I remember. But a race in Finland and a race in Denmark means that we could literally double the number of races we would visit on the Formula One calendar. But uh, the FIA are going to earn $18 million in entry fees from the teams this season. And uh, from what I researched, actually, this is the fun part. Racing Point will only pay for the 59 points they scored after the summer break. But I wonder if they will earn what Force India earned overall through the season. And I think I'm definitely going to find that out. Well, what I'm wondering is what the FIA is going to do with all that money. I mean, I know they run really successful awareness programs around the world. But with $18 million, Kunal, the FIA should be throwing the best party that there can be. And, you know, instead, here they are introducing rules that will actually end the notorious party mode. So... The much sought after, yes. the, the the infamous party mode and so much for Red Bull Racing claiming that they will finally have a party mode with Honda in 2019. And here the FIA has actually ruled out, uh, you know, the oil in the extra oil tank needs to be empty before qualifying. And in fact, it was the oil from this tank 
that Ferrari and Mercedes used for their famous oil burn tactics, you know, the, the, the tactics that gave them a power boost during qualifying. I can so imagine Red Bull Racing being so pissed off because firstly, obviously, the FI rules against the party mode and secondly, they're missing their, you know, real-life human party, Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> <laughs> but I find it strange that Red Bull Racing keep making references to Ricciardo ever so often to praise Max Verstappen's talent. They're not over him, clearly. Yeah, I mean, it's so strange. And Helmut Marko admitted finally then it was Max Verstappen to blame for their crash in Baku. Finally, he admitted. And one more finally. So, Marco also finally admitted that Red Bull Racing did speak to Fernando Alonso uh, to join them in 2008. And this piece of news is coming out, what, like a decade later. <laughs> <laughs> and Marco admitted that they promoted Pierre Gasly earlier than they would have liked to. Ouch. But... This is what, you know, we should uh, interview Helmut Marco only in the winter season or the winter period because that's when he tends to be more honest than <laughs> any other time during the entire season. I agree. And, uh, you know, I just remembered the a fan video that I saw on social media where Max Verstappen lost his temper during a simulator race and ended up driving into a competitor. I, I still remember this video so well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really wonder if this video was actually released around the time of his social service penalty at the Formula E E-Pre last month. So fun. So Paddy Lowe has finally spoken up about the truth about Lance Stroll. And uh, there is no coincidence in the timing that Stroll and his money are both off to force India. Racing point. Uh, so Lowe said that Stroll came to Formula One a little bit too early. And uh, that he is very far from reaching his full potential. Well, Ouch. firstly... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't see Paddy Lowe working for Racing Point ever. But I think given the talent that he is, uh, maybe he will never need to do so. And secondly, I wonder what Stroll Jr. has to say about all of this. Because on one hand, he's gone, about, he's gone on and on about how he wants Racing Point to be one of Formula One's greatest teams... But on the other hand, he might never have the driver lineup that could deliver to that goal. Yeah, if Perez outperforms Stroll comprehensively in 2019, I'm just wondering if we'll see this hurried mid-season swap between Perez and Ocon under, you know, suspicious conditions. This is where I think Racing Point will contradict Charles Darwin's theory. It's going to be the survival of the slowest. <laughs> But back to Paddy Lowe, he has predicted a sixth Mercedes double in 2019. Now, that is because he is a Mercedes guy in Williams. But I frankly don't care who wins as long as we have a good fight. And the fight could well include Lance Stroll. I don't care. But guys, please give us a good fight. Uh, talking of a good fight, so Lewis Hamilton has added Muatai to his preparations for 2019. Uh, basically, he's also added surfboarding and finboarding and lots of other sports. You know... I don't know if it's my lack of time spent on social media, but I think the Formula One drivers haven't posted as many videos of them working out this winter. And I'm saying this in comparison to the last several seasons, especially, you know, the winter period of 2016, just before the new faster cars for 2017 came out. You know, every driver out there was, you know, showing themselves working out, strengthening their neck muscles, etc, etc. I'm just remembering Felipe Massa in the gym after he retired. After he retired. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Lewis Hamilton's teammate Valtteri Bottas, uh, he went rallying on snow and he actually won a stage while finishing fifth overall. Now, I really hope that this cheers up Bottas's mood for the rest of the season. Yeah, but unfortunately for Bottas, he lost his long-term sponsor too. Uh, in fact, it wasn't just him. Uh, Hulkenberg also lost a sponsor of 13 years. Well, forget that. Nico Hulkenberg lost a team boss. And when I say lost, as in the team boss resigned <laughs> from his role within just 18 days of starting in Renault. And question to everyone, how many days before Daniel Ricciardo regrets his move to Renault? The clock is ticking for sure. In fact, Ricardo said that he even considered McLaren for his next switch. I think this just shows to what extent he was willing to bet on his career. And you know the uh, resurrection of these historic teams, Kunal? Well, if I was Red Bull Racing, I would say no. This is Ricardo trying really hard to escape the power and the talent of Max Verstappen. But we're going to move on. But since we are on McLaren, I just remember what Kevin Magnussen said about McLaren gagging Lewis Hamilton. And of course, you know, this was under the, the, the ruling of Ron Dennis. But can you imagine Daniel Ricciardo driving for McLaren during the Ron Dennis era? And uh, we would have almost never known his whacked out personality the way we do now. What a pity that would have been. But McLaren have said that they have taken a completely different approach to 2019 and that they're anticipating a good car this season. Wow. Yeah, let's just remind our friends at McLaren that almost every team would be anticipating a good car in 2019, at least, you know, at the start of the season. And in specifically McLaren's case, I think they better be anticipating a better car, not just a good car. Better being the better word better. to use here, yes. but uh, I'm going to go back to Magnussen and Haas. He said that the American team does well because they do not have the blame culture, you know, when things go wrong. And this is where... I am going to state exactly what happened in Baku because we all know who Roman Groshaw blamed for his crash into the walls <laughs> out there. Hilarious. Guys, you can run, you can hide, but you cannot escape our jokes, especially <laughs> Kunal's lame jokes. <laughs> Thank you. Well, um, since it's on me out here, if again my memory serves me well, Gunther Steiner actually issued a quit threat from Haas. He said that if Formula One doesn't change, then there is no point. And all of this could have been because of Haas being troubled by Racing Point. But uh, again, on a serious note, you know what Steiner was, of course, referring to is the very changes that Liberty Media are trying to put in place in Formula One, but aren't able to do so. Yeah, but seriously, I cannot believe that Steiner issued a quit threat. Like, Haas issued a quit threat? <laughs> Well, I guess this is the strongest indication of their close workings with Ferrari. And we should all have a problem. <laughs> so, Pirelli has already announced their tyre compounds for the opening four races of the season. But if you're confused, don't worry. You guys are not the only ones. You're yes. in good company. <laughs> yes, I think I'm going to read the Pirelli tyre allocation after the free practices on Friday. Because that's the only time it's going to make sense. But, you know, Pirelli have also claimed that they have solved the blistering problems for 2019. And I really hope this isn't a PR statement alone. In fact, the, the one thing I see in Formula E is what I'd love to see in Formula 1. You know, drivers racing on the limit for most duration of the E-Pre. And I say this in reference to the fact that tyre saving is so 
crucial and important in formula 1 and uh, you know in formula e the last two eprees were you know decided you know when the leading driver made a mistake while being put under pressure from a charging rival and i would love to see that in formula 1 oh yes that would be amazing uh, so sauber is now alfa romeo and kunal i am absolutely sure that kimi raikkonen knew of these plans way before he signed but this is good news for formula 1 because we have a new car manufacturer involved but how deep is this involvement because the press release was actually very carefully worded is it an ownership i think not because the sauber management and you know functioning stays at least that's what they wrote um you know so is this a title sponsorship or is it like a technical collaboration of sorts or i don't know or maybe this is more than a title sponsorship because this is like naming rights or name replacement sponsorship yeah kunal all i see this as is free ferrari engines and that to the latest ones that was something sauber didn't always have and more development money to help kimi raikkonen fight closer to the top raikkonen's teammate antonio giovinazzi the adrian sutil look alike yes he looks like adrian sutil guys take my word for it we're going to put up a picture on our facebook page so you can actually check it out <laughs> but giovinazzi he said that he doesn't want comparisons to charles leclerc well he is right because every driver is different but mr giovinazzi let me remind you that for the generation of rookie drivers to come leclerc and max verstappen will be the benchmark for everyone and frankly they should be so kunal alfa romeo's history in formula 1 is actually older than ferrari's i'm wondering if they're also going to ask for a historical bonus <laughs> well this is what it comes when it's like from the ferrari or the fiat stables i guess you know they all play the same tune but uh, alfa romeo's involvement means more political weightage for ferrari in the sport so this then means that the good is almost balanced out by the evil called politics former ferrari driver eddie irvine it seems like he's trying to emulate jacques villeneuve at least out of the cockpit uh, because eddie irvine said that i don't watch formula 1 it is too boring Well, you know, if you ask me, he is being brutally honest at least several times through the season, but that's what Jacques Villeneuve is all about as well, right? You know, speaking one's mind without having any political uh motivations involved. But uh Eddie Irvine, then I think I'm going to send him a link to our show and show him that the sport cannot be boring. If you're tuning into the Inside Line F1 podcast every week. Yeah, just ask him if he wants to be featured as well on our podcast while you're at it. Yes, I'd love to ask him all the questions about his days at Ferrari and the missed drivers championship title, but okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, since we're on Ferrari, they have only just announced an increase in their Formula 1 racing budget for 2019. Well, the more the money, the faster you go. That's the classic motorsport quote to literally sum up why Ferrari is doing what they're doing. But uh, before we move on from Ferrari, here's my random reason why Sebastian Vettel could have lost control in Germany last year. And the reason is coffee. Sebastian Vettel claimed that he does not drink coffee. And well guys, we all know that coffee is a stimulant. It improves alertness and concentration and maybe 
Vettel should have had or should have coffee before the start of 2019. <laughs> A lot of it. Ouch, Kunal, though. That really hit hard. And you know what? It doesn't take too long to get addicted to having coffee. Ask Mithila, guys. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we also know that this is why you love listening to us because we research really random stories and connect them to actual happenings in the world of Formula 1. Well, I am now encouraged to add to this. So, Toro Rosso have long said and they keep saying all the time that they will be ready to make more sacrifices for Red Bull Racing if the need be so. Right? So, when it came to choosing a day to launch their 2019 car, Toro Rosso went ahead and announced 11th of February, forcing Red Bull Racing to launch their car on the 13th. And You know how we had the RB13 and it was the unlucky car and now suddenly number 13 in the face of Red Bull. Which, by the way, 13th of February is also the date when Mercedes and Racing Point Force India are going to announce their cars or launch their cars. So, so much for a sacrifice from Toro Rosso. They couldn't even give up a launch date. Okay, I think this is the cue that I need to get Kunal off the mic. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Thank you for listening to me and for tolerating Kunal. We really <laughs> appreciate it. And we will see you guys next week. Adios. Pros bring something extra to every job. Now at the Home Depot, they also get something extra. Pro Extra, our free loyalty program built for pros just like you. Members earn perks with every dollar spent, like Pro Extra dollars, a tool rental credit, and more. New members get $20 off their next in-store purchase of $200 or more just for signing up. Learn more at homedepot.com slash pro extra. New year, more rewards, Pro Extra, only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.